Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. My name is Tim Seckler. I am the owner of the Seckler Law Firm, located in Cranberry Township. And what we do here at our law firm is help families uh, with a couple of different things. And, and really, we do legacy planning. We do estate planning, wills, and trusts, and powers of attorney. Uh, we also help um, families administer estates. So if you've lost a loved one recently, my condolences to you. Uh, this episode is going to be full of information that I think you will find helpful for you uh, to, uh, to walk through the process that is going to be in front of you. Uh, before I get into that, I have to do a little disclaimer on these radio shows. That is, anything I talk about on today's episode is for your education and information. You should not take legal action or make legal or financial decisions based on what you hear on this or any other radio show for that matter. Um, we uh, would be happy to become your lawyer if you need some help, but I am not currently your lawyer, so this is not legal advice. Um, if you'd like to learn more about the Seckler Law Firm and the things I'm going to be chatting about today, you can find out a ton of information. There's lots of free information, free videos, free guides, free information at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. Um, or you can give us a call anytime at 724-546-4227. We're located just off the interstate in Cranberry Township, uh, and we help families across western Pennsylvania with these issues. Uh, today, <clears throat> what I want to chat with you about is the role of the executor. Um, and so, you know, this word executor gets tossed around an awful lot. Um, and I think it's important if you are an executor, if you've recently lost somebody and looking for what to do next, or if you know you are named in someone's will to be the executor, uh, what is going to be expected of you when the time comes. And so uh, that's what today's episode is all about. If you, uh, if you need some more information, we actually have a very handy resource guide on our website that lays out a detailed timeline on what to expect during the estate administration process. Uh, you can go to secularlawfirm.com, go to the resources tab, and you'll find uh, the estate administration guide. And I suggest you download that. It will give you uh, some, some very helpful information. So this word executor, what the heck is it? Um, and here's, here's a couple of different things. So an executor is a fiduciary who is tasked with um, <clears throat> helping to administer the estate. Okay, so if there is an estate, which means the person owns something in their own name, um, there is a distinction in this and every other state uh, for people who passed away with a will and for people who passed away without a will. Right? So if someone passes away without a will, the person who is appointed is called the personal representative. That person is appointed by the court after petitioning the court to become appointed. Uh, the court goes through a, a, a legislative analysis that there's legislator uh, legislature on this point to help the court decide who is the proper person to help administer the estate now if you have a spouse that's probably going to be the person then we look to children uh, we attempt to get the children to agree on which sibling can be the executor or the personal representative uh, and then we continue on with the estate administration process if there is a will then the will will name the executor that executor needs to take the will to the courthouse, 
uh, petition become appointed legally as the executor and then the court will issue proper paperwork so that that executor can then carry forward with their duties uh, that have been assigned to them under the will. Okay, so that's that's how we start the thing. And that typically happens a week or two after someone passes away. You know, if, if you've lost a loved one recently, there is no rush to the courthouse to get uh, signed in. My advice typically to families is, yes, we need to start collecting the information. Yes, we're going to need to get you sworn in sooner than later. But in that first week, you focus on being a good family member, focus on taking care of yourself uh, and, and going through the grieving process, be there for each other. Uh, we'll get to the legal and financial stuff in a week or two. Um, but once we get to the legal and financial stuff, then uh, what we do in our office is we have a free consultation if you're in this situation, and you come in and we talk to you, and, and we're just trying to screen whether you need our help or not. You know, just because someone passed away, doesn't necessarily mean that there is legal steps that need to occur. Often the case is, yes, there are things we need to do. Uh, but we're going to screen to make sure that this is actually a situation where you should hire a lawyer. Now, in some states, um, the executors will attempt to do the estate administration process on their own. And technically, you can do that in Pennsylvania, but by a wide, wide margin. I mean, well north of 90% of Pennsylvania executors do hire a lawyer because our process is kind of complicated and because Pennsylvania has a death tax called the inheritance tax, which requires uh, some, some rather complex calculations uh, for a pretty simple tax. We, we need to understand what expenses we can deduct. We need to ex uh, understand a bunch of different things. And so um, for that reason, most executors are going to hire a law firm to help with the court process of determining how do we get the inheritance to the right people and to help with the process of the tax information so that you fulfill your duties as an executor and pay the tax. So most of the time, the executor in Pennsylvania is going to hire a lawyer to help with this process. So like I said, we do a free consultation. We determine that, yes, indeed, we do need to open an estate. And then the next thing that we do after being engaged by the client is we will schedule a time to go to the courthouse to get the person properly sworn in, um, and so now they officially have the, the letters that they need to um, act as the will, uh, as the executor under the will. Now, this is kind of key to understand. The fact that you have been named in a will does not in and of itself give you permission to act on behalf of the estate. The, it, is, it is the will being accepted by the court in a, in a, in the proper paperwork being granted by the, the courthouse, the Register of Wills office, that gives the person proper authority to go and do the work. So you don't get your driver's license, so to speak, until the courthouse gives it to you. You can't just walk into a will into the bank and um, get in control of a $100,000 account. It doesn't work that way. Um, okay, so, so let's assume that we've been properly sworn in. Now, what happens is the, in the first uh, weeks, the first few weeks, there's a flurry of activity. We need to put notices in the newspaper. We need to send notices to the people who are entitled to receive an inheritance. Um, the reason that we put notices in the newspaper is because in Pennsylvania, creditors have one year to file a claim against this estate. Okay, so dad passed away. He owns some things. 
one of the children is the executor of the will, those assets now belong to the estate. They don't automatically belong to the kids. They belong to the estate. And the estate is sort of a temporary vehicle, a temporary entity that is used to manage the finances, the assets, and to get the assets to the right place. Now, the will says give it all to my kids, but there might be people who have a priority to the kids. Um, If dad had creditor issues, if dad has final expenses, if dad has final medical expenses, perhaps at a hospital or in a nursing home, uh, if dad still owes on the mortgage, if dad still owes on the car payment, if dad still owes uh, for some contract that he signed years and years ago, those creditors may take a priority claim in the estate and the executor under the law will be required to make sure that those creditor claims are are accounted for and properly distributed okay but in the first couple of weeks we don't know that yet right we're just getting the person sworn in we're getting the thing in the newspaper so that the would-be creditors of the world are now on notice that there's an estate open you've got 12 months to file a claim we have to then send notices to all of the family members who are involved that or, or other heirs that um, dad has now passed away. You are under the terms of the will entitled to receive a distribution. And so therefore, um, you're now on notice that we are in the process of, um, of administering this estate. Okay. Then there comes this time period that takes weeks, typically, of the executor what we call garnering the assets, getting the assets together and organized. Um, we have, you know, lots of lots of people who pass away have accounts at different financial institutions. We might have accounts at two, three different banks. We might have accounts at two or three different financial institutions. We may have real estate in multiple counties, states, um, you know, different areas. So we're just trying to figure out what did this decedent own? What did they own? Um, and and collect that information. Um, The attorneys will be working with uh, the executor to make sure that those investments are not risky, right? Because if you you think about this, the executor, one way to think about it is the executor is kind of the CEO of the estate, right? Uh, The estate's assets do not belong to the executor. The executor is tasked with being in control of those assets until the terms of the will can be effectuated, um, given to the right people, under the guidelines that the law sets out, right? So the will says send the money here, but the law, the, the probate code, may have a different opinion about where the money goes, depending on if there are creditors, depending on if the person was in the nursing home. And so we have to sort that out, right? And once we start to get our handle around how many how how big the estate is how how many different assets how much money how much value this estate has we start with a um with the process of figuring out what do we think the eventual inheritance tax is going to be all right now so let's talk about that for a second pennsylvania has an inheritance tax if you leave money uh, to your spouse or to charities, the tax rate is zero. If you leave money to, say, a um, lineal descendant, like a kid or a grandkid, the inheritance tax rate is 4.5%. So 
if you've got a child and the money is going to child, if Johnny's going to inherit $100,000, the inheritance tax is going to be $4,500, right? Uh, so 4.5% 4, 4. to lineal descendants, 12% uh, if you leave money to siblings, and pretty much anyone else, nieces, nephews, friends, neighbors, boyfriends, girlfriends, that is a 15% Pennsylvania inheritance tax. Um, and so the the tax rate that is due, it depends on the relationship that the person receiving an inheritance had to the person who passed away. Um, and we've got to do the calculations. And oftentimes there are people of different classes. Um, I leave my spouse this. I leave my child this. I leave my nephew this. Uh, and so we've got to figure out, okay, there's total tax due, but then how do we allocate the tax? Because depending on how the will is worded, is each person paying their own tax, their own fair share of the tax, or are we treating the tax as a general expense? Um, so there's a couple of different ways, and I don't want to get too nuanced on that. But we got to figure out what the tax is that is owed. Now, what we will do, even if we're not 100% uh, to the penny uh, understanding what the tax is eventually going to be, you m we typically will make an advanced payment on the tax because the the Pennsylvania death tax is not due for nine months after the person passes away. Okay, you get it? Nine months. However, they will give you a 5% discount on the total tax due if the uh, inheritance tax is paid within the first three months. So if the total tax bill is going to be... Um, let's say $10,000, then we will get a 5% discount or $500 discount if we pay it in the first three months. And so typically we don't want to miss that discount date. And we will make an estimated payment in the first three months, even if we don't know exactly the tax due yet. They want their money fast. They give you a discount to get their money fast. Um, okay, so now we've made our estimated payment. Uh, we have started to collect the information. We're starting to go through the analysis of who gets what. Right? Are there any estates? Are there any creditors of the estate? One of the big creditors of the estate is if the person hap to, happened to have been in a nursing home before they passed away, the state of Pennsylvania may have a valid what's called a state recovery claim that stands for the idea that if you've been in a nursing home in Pennsylvania and essentially went broke uh, and then went on Medicaid to pay the nursing home, the state of Pennsylvania has a claim against your state, and so it is possible to be on Medicaid and be financially destitute but still own a home. And then when you pass away, you've been in the nursing home, but you still own a home. When you pass away, that home ends up in your estate, and Pennsylvania may force the executor to sell the house to come up with the money to pay their bill back. So we have to check with the state. Do we owe the state any money? Um, do we owe anybody else any money? Um, and so in the first three to six months, that's kind of what we're doing. We're, we're trying to figure out what did the person own and who do we owe as the estate. Um, now, after some time, we, we generally know what does this, the estate own. It's always possible that there's some asset that we didn't find. But after a couple of months, we, you know, by and large, most estates, we're going to know what the person owned. We're going to have already paid an estimated inheritance tax. And you might think that it would be simple. Okay, well... We have this money. We're dividing it by three to distribute to the three kids. Let's terminate this thing. But there's a problem. Executors are personally liable if they make mistakes in an estate. 
And remember how I said a few minutes ago that um, creditors have 12 months to file a claim against the estate. So here is an, a, a mistake that an executor could make. Let's say the total estate is $300,000 and we have three children and we've already paid our tax. And so the assumption is we have $300,000 that is going to be divided by three to the three kids. Each kid inherits $100,000. So the executor, in theory, then distributes the $100,000 to each of the three kids. And then what happens is at month 11, a creditor comes out of the woodwork that the executor had no knowledge of before. Um, creditors have 12 months to file a claim. So now we are in month 11 and a creditor claim is filed. Now what? We don't have any money. And this creditor says, dad owed me $50,000. He signed this contract in 1987 and I provided the services I was required to provide under the contract and he never paid me and he owes me $50,000. And so now we have what appears to be a valid creditor claim and no money to pay the bill. And the executor is now in a tough position because the executor is personally liable to pay this bill if they've made a mistake, right? And we don't really like to put our clients into a position uh, our executors into a position where they become personally liable. So oftentimes we just have to sit on the money for a while or a large chunk of the money for a while because we can't expose the executor to that kind of risk. Now, the other thing that's going on is we file the Pennsylvania inheritance tax return. It's called the, the Rev 1500 is the inheritance tax return. So we, we have been processing this paperwork. We file off. The inheritance tax return, it's due at the nine-month mark, so we try to get it filed ahead of time. And then it goes to a desk in Harrisburg where nobody looks at it for about six months. And then at some point in time, somebody will look at it, and they will either agree or disagree that we have paid the appropriate amount of taxes. And if they agree they'll let us know. And if they disagree, they let us know. So this is a little bit different than like filing your income tax return because you file your income tax return. The IRS gives you the benefit of the doubt that you did your math correctly. They only call you to task if you go under audit, right? So you file your, in, your income tax return, your personal income tax return. You say, I overpaid. I'm due a refund of a couple thousand dollars. And then the IRS just sends you a check. Um, they audit a certain amount of tax returns, but it's a pretty small amount of tax returns. So there is largely a, a process in that, in that process where they trust you to do your job and they spot check. Not so with the inheritance tax. In the inheritance tax, every single return is reviewed and either approved or denied. So then they send back to the estate that we agree with your valuation we agree that you paid the right amount, and as far as we're concerned, unless other assets come up, you're free and clear. You've done your job. Um, so that's the inheritance tax process, but the return is due at the nine-month mark, and it takes them four or five months, sometimes six months, to to approve it. Um, so now we're like 14, 15 months post-death, and we still have not distributed all the money. Um, in the process, during this time, we're also you know, doing things like selling the house if there is one and collecting that money and so you know there, there's a lot of work here i think one of the takeaways that i that you know you want to know from 
this episode is being an executor is a pretty big ask. You know, if you're going to ask a child to be an executor, that's it, it's it's a requirement of a lot of their time. You know, I mean, think about like all of your online accounts right now. I have a Netflix account. I have an Amazon account. I've got Facebook. I've got who knows how many different people are hitting me for nine bucks a month and I don't even see it anymore. Right. All those accounts in theory should be shut down. And so who's going to do that? You know, it's the executor. And, and at our law firm, we, we hook you up with a service to, to help you do that without taking the time because that, that's a tremendous amount of time. Um, we, we work with a company called Good Trust to get that done. Um, but the point is, it's an awful lot of work. And the um, at, at the end, oftentimes, here's, here's kind of what's going on in the background. The executor child is one of three children. The executor child is working with a law firm to get the thing done correctly. We are trying to keep the other children apprised of the situation, uh, and they have certain rights to know certain information. But almost inevitably, what eventually happens is child A is the executor, and child B starts saying, where is my money? Um, There's no way this process should take 13 or 14 months. And meanwhile, child B has no idea what's really going on and what it takes to be the executor. They just want their paycheck. And so there's no way this should take 14 months. Where's my inheritance? And then we get a call that says something like, I think my brother, the executor, is stealing all of the money because what in the world takes 14 months? And so we try to explain, well, this process actually does take a while, and we don't believe that your brother is stealing the money because we have eyes on on the accounts. We are advising him on this, and it doesn't look like there's anything missing to us. You just need to be patient until the state of Pennsylvania approves the inheritance tax return. But, like, this this confrontation between uh, the kids uh, ends up, ends up becoming problematic and if you've been in an estate you probably know what uh what i'm talking about but eventually eventually look 12 months 14 months 16 months whatever it is taxes officially paid creditors have been paid in the precise order it's time to do uh the settlement it's time to distribute the inheritance um and there's a couple of different ways that this can occur the, the preferred method is a thing called a family settlement agreement. And a family settlement agreement is an agreement that all other people who are entitled to an inheritance will sign off on that says, I agree there was 300000 I agree that creditors got paid what they were supposed to get paid, and I agree that my distribution is this much money. Um, and every, if everybody signs off, we can make distributions pretty quickly. If that doesn't work, then... We will have to file a petition um, for adjudication in the courthouse and file an accounting and, and ask the courthouse to approve the the way that the executor managed uh, the estate. And once that either of those two things occur, now it's inheritance time. Now we can distribute the money. But we are typically like 15 months out at this point. And this is one of the reasons why we often will help our families with uh, – certain types of trusts to avoid some of these steps uh, and get some of the inheritance to, to people faster, uh, avoid creditor claims. Uh, not every trust works the same, but we like to use trust. But let me uh, let me share just a couple of resources with you as this show is coming to a close. If you are an executor of an estate and you need some help, 
I hope you found this episode helpful. Give us a shout, 724-546-4227. My team will offer you a free consultation uh, to determine if we can help you with your duties as the executor. If you uh, just want some more information, perhaps you are an executor um, and you know that this time is coming when you're going to have to serve soon, perhaps a parent is not doing well, um, you may want to go ahead and go to our website and download our resource guide Go to secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com, and go to the resources tab, and you'll find an an estate administration uh, download that has a really helpful timeline in it. And so hopefully that's a good resource for you. Um, If you are listening to this and thinking, boy, that sounds like an awful lot of work, how can I help my children to avoid this process? Uh, you know, one of the things that clients tell us all the time is that they do not want to be a burden on their children. Um, okay. One of the ways that we can structure your estate to, to effectuate that goal is maybe we should consider using trusts instead of wills in the first place because we get to skip a few steps depending on the type of trust and depending how everything is structured. Uh, but we, we can probably grease the wheels on the post-death administration process so that it doesn't need to take as long and so that there's a little bit less headache for everybody and the kids get their inheritance faster. If you'd like to learn more about that in in estate planning and getting your affairs set up properly, uh, I would uh, uh, invite you to attend one of our upcoming workshops that we have around the community or right in our office. Um, You can can schedule for those on our website at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com, and we'll explain to you the differences between wills and trusts and powers of attorney. Uh, we'll explain to you how this stuff all works and how you can set your family up for success and do things like avoid the probate process, protect money from taxes, protect money from long-term care expenses, and really set up your affairs uh, to, uh, to get peacefully and quickly to your family and not into the hands of the government. Um, and so that is one of the missions, and you can find out more about that at our website or give us a call at 724 546 4227. I hope you found this episode helpful. Don't make any legal decisions based on what you heard on the radio show. This is just for your general information. Uh, If you need help, give us a call. Thanks for listening. We'll check you here next week. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.